Look at my butt. Show number 288 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Hey, everyone. Happy Shatmoy. Happy Shatmoy. A moist and merry Shatmoy to all. Yes. And this is the big birthday week. Yes. Because, of course, Bill Mm -hmm. turned 90. Unbelievable. And the crazy way he lives and the risks, you know, he at least used to take, would you have thought he'd make it? To 90? (laughs) No, actually, no. I figured he, something would have got him, (laughs) whether it was his motorcycle or hang gliding or... I don't know. Wrestling what, a tiger. Wrestling a tiger. That it would have been some <laughs> violent death that happened because he was just, uh, you know, riding his motorcycle in a t-shirt as he's done and got into a horrible accident. So, yes. And no helmet. And no helmet. No helmet. So, oh. Or setting himself on fire while he was cooking Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> that too, you know. And setting himself on fire in some gaudy, obviously not fireproof uh, costume to show karate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... That too, or going with his friends on a TV show to, say, Asia and eating something poisonous that he didn't realize was poisonous. <laughs> that could have been it, you know? It could have. All the That could be a great list. The 10 ways William Shatner could have died. <laughs> and didn't, which means he's going to live forever, so... Yes, yes. yes great. That would be okay. So, uh, happy birthday, Bill, for making it to 90. <sighs> it's incredible. I hope you had a big, wonderful, yummy piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, happy birthday from us and from all your fans and all the people who just love you and are glad you're still out there and still going strong. And still being insane. So that's the best yes. part. And yes. then today would have been Leonard's, uh, ni- Leonard's. Yes, 90th birthday also. And mm-hmm. uh, it were, there was so much nice stuff being posted on Facebook and Twitter and all over the Trek world. Mm -hmm. So much wonderful celebration. And um, in Boston, today is now officially Leonard Nimoy Day, which I think is just so wonderful, you know, that they're recognizing somebody who came from Boston, who always talked about growing up there, who had such strong ties to the city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now he's got his own day and he had an honorary degree from Boston University as well. So that's really cool. Yep, I think that's great. Yeah. And then, it is our Lena's birthday. It is. It's actually my birthday. I'm not 90. Just to be really, really clear about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, neither of us is 90 yet. (laughs) You know what? Today is also Nancy Pelosi's birthday. I just found that out. Oh, wow. Well, you know, um, on Bill's birthday, okay, I want you to make a guess. Who do you think oh, is older, Bill or Stephen Sondheim? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, that's tough. I would have said, I think I would say Sondheim. You're right, by one year. <gasps> one year, wow. Okay. I yep. guess in my mind they were sort of contemporaneous, but yep, okay, interesting. Yeah, I had seen that that was his birthday happening as well, yep. Right, and there were a bunch of other, you know, famous 
performers and political people and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, who were also on Bill's birthday. Apparently, that's a very popular date. It is. Well, it's a good time of year to be born. I'll, I'll tell you that. I guess. I it's guess. funny. I was I was just, you know, um, my mom was saying, oh, I, her birthday is coming up soon. And she said, I thought you'd be born on my birthday. And I said, well, I'm glad oh. I wasn't because now we get to have two separate days where we do things. <laughs> and two separate cakes. Yay. Yes, of course. You know, twice the fun. Twice the fun. Cool. So do you want to open your present? I will. So I've had this here in its Amazon box and I, I did cut the tape open. So now I'm going to actually open the box. I see, let's see, I see bubble wrap. Oh, and there's a mm-hmm. card. Oh, there's a card. Oh, it's so nicely wrapped. Look at that. They put it in a well, very Well, I nice figured wrapping. I'd splurge. Thank um, you. Just... Uh, listeners, just so you know, I warned Lena, this has nothing to do with Star Trek or Bill. Mm-hmm. It's just something that amused me so much when I saw it. Okay. So let's hoping she's going to get a kick out of it, too. Let's hope it's not shit. I'm sure it won't be. <laughs> not unless they sent the wrong thing. Um, you've written a note here that doesn't make any sense, but that's okay. It says... What does it say? It says, I think we can hide out from the mean admiral in the yoga class. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. This is so pretty. It came in a bag and it's got this beautiful ribbon tied around it. Well, that's how Amazon wraps packages. I've, I've never gotten anything wrapped by oh, Amazon. Oh, they throw them in a bag. They have different size bags. Tie a ribbon around it and poof, well, off it's it goes. it's so nice. It's really it is. Very pretty. Okay. Ugh. Okay. never seen this before in my life <laughs> good <laughs> they're called yoga joes um note yep. that this is series two and it's a, it's one two three four five six seven little army guys but they're in yoga poses oh my god and here's the thing i got series two for two reasons uh-huh they're probably too small to see this on first glance, but one of them is a woman. Oh, good. And the one doing downward <gasps> dog it's a is dog. a dog. Oh, my God. You, I didn't even <laughs> notice that on first glance, but yes, the dog is doing a downward dog. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> These are great. They're they're a little bit larger than your standard army guys, like the little plastic ones that we we mm-hmm. had. So, they're, but they're not like as big as GI Joe. Oh no 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 dolls. no! These are no, probably no. like two inches tall. Maybe. Wow! Oh, these are fantastic. So there's somebody doing a plank. Um, mm-hmm. There's somebody doing a back bend. There's someone doing the um, the standing pose where you put your hands together and then you wrap one leg around the other. Mm-hmm. There's someone doing a triangle pose. That's the woman. Um, yes. There's a guy who's sitting on his butt holding his feet. So I forget what that one's Happy called. baby. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one that's, I think it's it's not quite warrior pose, but it's close to it. Okay. Oh. Well, you know, if you go online and look these up, I bet you'll find oh, the, a description. These are great. I love it. The dog is the best. <laughs> dog is so good it's a green army yep. dog 
Yes. <laughs> I He's love a, dr- a drug sniffing dog. He probably. is. I love or it. Or some something sniffing dog. Thank you very, very much. Oh, it's great. Oh, I'm so glad you like them. And underneath it, it's, oh, and it comes on a, oh, it comes on something. You can actually make them stand up. I didn't even notice this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I wasn't aware of that. It's got its own little platform yeah, or something. Yeah, it's a little platform that you can stand them on. Wow. Well, you'll have to get them all set up on the platform and take a picture and, you know. This is great. It says, um, Yoga Joes, Series 2, here to keep the inner peace, (laughs) which is an amazing tagline. So, oh. Yes. So cool. Though These are definitely going to live here in my office near the computer so I can look at them and be amused. Well, that's what I thought. So, let's see. You've gotten what? Yoga Joes mm-hmm. with a downward dog, um, penguins that make eggs. <laughs> yes, and a cat. What was the f- a cat paw uh, mug? So right, yeah, it's all about the animals. So nothing it's has its its normal like function. I mean, no, no. you would never think, oh, penguins, let's make eggs. You know, so. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yay. I you love are it. so love it. welcome. Oh, it's great. It almost makes getting another year older bearable. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't focus on that part. Focus on the 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 fun things you're getting and all the free stuff yes. you've been getting. I, and... I totally am. Uh, I have not been thinking about the year part. I, one of my friends, um, his birthday is quite close to mine, and we always agree to like not to talk about it. It's like the <laughs> the holidays that will not be named. And so he, right, he, right. he sent me something this year, and I was immediately enraged. I was like, we promised not to do gifts. <laughs> and I opened it up, and it was a bag of Chex Mix, uh-huh. <laughs> which is, I like, and it came from his mom. So it was like homemade by his mother for me for my birthday. And I was like, okay, this oh is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> Oh, it, you need to get all your gifts together lined up, oh. you know, Chex Mix and Army Joes or Yoga Joes yeah. and everything. That's great. <laughs> See, this is the best part about it is that people give me things I really love and want, and it's awesome. That's great. But yes. you would not get them for yourself. That's right. That's what that's what yeah. birthday should be for. Well, that's what presents are for. Yeah. Oh. oh, so good. Well, thank you again. I really do love this. It's so cool. Oh, good. <laughs> do some artful photography of these little army guys later yes (laughs) yes oh all right well let's talk about bill for a minute um because this show is all about william shatner and uh for his 90th birthday a couple of things were in the news and one of them is that um Bill decided, this headline is great, it's at the AV Club, for his 90th birthday, William Shatner decided to never die. Good decision. Good decision. And we already knew that, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. So I'll read this. It says, uh, the Star Trek actor and top shelf master of the outtake announced he will be living on long after his death in the form of a new AI program. The tech company Storyfile, whose name was probably chosen after they realized your grandpa's anecdotes about hotel dinners, but ad infinitum, didn't sound very appealing, um, explains that Shatner is the first person, the first person, of course he is, to create their AI-powered interactive conversational video in which people will be able to communicate with him long after he has passed this mortal coil. So it says... 
Generations in the future will be able to have a conversation with him. Not an avatar, not a deep fake, but with the real William Shatner answering their questions about his life and work. This changes the trajectory of the future, of how we experience life today, and how we share those lessons and stories for generations to come. And, and then he says, this is for all my children and all my children's childrens and all my children's loved ones and all the loved ones of the loved ones. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking, you know, they're always saying you should write down your yeah. memories and your stories for your kids. This is so much easier. It is. Now, I just wonder, like, okay, it would be very different for you and I to talk to AI William Shatner, right? After mm -hmm. he has, in fact, died in, you know, 50 years or whenever he finally dies. Uh, right. And that would be like kind of weird and strange, but for a member of his family to talk to him as an AI, like imagine you talking to your mom as an AI, wouldn't that be weird? Would it freak you out? Yes, it would. Um, I might even freak out a little if it was my grandparents because I knew them. Yeah, yeah. But I did not know my great-grandparents. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's you know. what I mean is, like, if you have some distance from that person and you didn't interact right. with them and then, you, you know, you saw them, that'd be cool. But if it was someone that you spent lots of time with and you knew them personally and, you know, yeah. you were with them physically, like, I, I was thinking about it, thinking about people that I love who have passed away. It's like, I don't want that. I definitely <laughs> don't want that. Well, you know, I you asked about my mom. Yeah. And um, I can kind of imagine watching it with my sisters and mom's AI going, I don't know how this works. Why did you guys give me this? And we're all, you know, laughing. But, you know, I think I would like uh, maybe my dad mm -hmm. because I was quite young yeah, when yeah, he passed yeah. away. Uh -huh. You know, that would be cool. But you know what? I'm going to test first on the William Shatner thing. I'm going to find out that frequency, and I'm going to blink at that frequency that freaks out AIs. <laughs> totally, see what happens. Totally right. Yes, definitely. Uh, yes, I want to see you do that. So <laughs> so here's the thing that I'm wondering is, okay, he's done it. It's, it's finished. He talked about this in a couple of interviews right. last year. So are they going to wait until he's dead before people can interact with this thing? Or are they going to make it available now? Like, You'd think that they'd just make it available now, right? Why not? What, right. Um, I'm assuming it's not going to be like an Android AI with a you know body walking around and everything. That's just going to be a screen thing, yeah, right? Yeah, you'd think so, yeah. Yeah, so there's no reason they couldn't release it now. But I, just, I don't know. Maybe he'll start sending the, the AI to... Uh, these uh, cons like he's going to be yes, at tomorrow. Yes, exactly. I, no, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but you have to ask the certain questions, yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, you want, oh, you definitely want, they better have recorded one that says, I'm not going to answer that. Get a life <laughs> or, you know, something. Uh-huh. Because they only did like 650 questions. Yeah. So I got to believe that some of the answers are, the, the way, so, you know, there are a lot of um, chatbots and things, and even the very mm -hmm. early ones, the ones that was called Eliza, that was supposed to be like a psychotherapist. And often you'd ask oh, it yeah. a question, but it would answer with a question. So it was meant to feel in that way, like a person, you know, you'd, you'd mm -hmm. say, um, do you like 
what which do you like better, vanilla or chocolate? And then Eliza would say to you, well, which do you like better? So just deflecting mm-hmm. the question. And I bet some of it is going to be like that rather than giving straight mm. answers to things, you know, to make it more conversational. Yeah. It would also be interesting to ask the same question again later and yes. see if you get a different answer. Yes, totally. So if they do make this available and we have access to it at some point, I want to do it because I want to know what it's like. I want to see what kind of questions we can ask and I want to see how much it costs, of course. Yes. And speaking of the, the, uh, the con tomorrow, what's it really called? Galaxy con. It's galaxy con. Yes. Bill's doing it at noon Eastern time Mm -hmm. tomorrow. And, um, I came up with a really good question. Oh, good, 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 good. So, uh, you know, it's one I don't think he has probably ever been asked oh, before. Okay, well, you better be quick. And it, it should not offend him or made, make him angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, get in there with your, you know. I will. Be quick and tell Patty, this is it, man. You got to you gotta pick my question. Yes, I don't think Bill's ever heard it before. Oh. And there's going to be millions of, happy birthday, of you mean so much to me, yeah. you know. <laughs> Let me tell you about my rat. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I think Bill being an AI, I think it's really cool. It's extremely cool. Now, in honor of Bill's birthday, Priceline gave people discounts, (laughs) which cracks me up. (laughs) I think that's great. And I wish... Like, maybe this whole week, they should have re-shown his old commercials. Oh, that's a good idea. I wonder why they didn't do that. Because those were great. They you know, were. where he's pretending he's playing the guitar. Yeah. Being, being so hip. <laughs> the interesting thing that you pointed out about this article is that before Priceline had signed him up, they were considering using Bill Cosby for the job. And thank mm. God they didn't do that because that would have been yeah. bad, bad, bad all around. Really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I read an article, and I didn't put it on our list, but it was about when Bill finally figured out uh, not to take himself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think those Priceline commercials were the beginning of his second career. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was when he figured he could be, uh, quote, William Shatner, unquote, in uh, public-facing stuff, right? That he could play mm-hmm. this character and not take himself seriously yep. and, and do it to be um, employed in that way. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard a story like two weeks ago, not about Bill, but I, I wish it was. I wish someone had done this with Bill. When uh, Michael Caine mm-hmm. got to be, I don't know, 40, 50 maybe, he said, well, my career is over because I've been an action guy and a leading man and I can't do that anymore. And of all the people to give him a piece of good advice, Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. <laughs> said, no, you've got to become a character actor. Mm-hmm. Take those secondary parts and you'll work forever, which is true. Mm-hmm. And he's very good at it. And I wish, you know, when Bill turned 40 and he said he stayed in bed for like three days because mm-hmm. he thought everything is over. I wish someone had said that to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Except that he doesn't ever seem to have been anyone who took advice from any other person about acting. That's true. That's so true. So I wonder if he would, like, if someone had said it to him, if he would have even heard it or believed it. Yeah. yeah. I was also thinking that um, Boston Legal 
as that went on. Mm. That was some of his absolute best yes, work. Absolutely. Where he finally was nowhere near Kirk mm-hmm. or leading man or parody. He was walking a real fine line on some of that. And he did such a good job. So it's not like, well, you did this one thing and then everything else has been kind of mm-hmm. campy and weird. You know, he's accomplished a lot mm-hmm. and not just in acting, but he has had some real acting triumphs mm-hmm. in like the past 10, 20 years. Yeah, those Emmys were well-deserved for Boston. Uh-huh, Absolutely. uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of William Shatner living forever, yes. there was a, a nice little piece in Entertainment Tonight, right, E.T., and mm-hmm. they were asking him what he's going to do for the next 10 years. So he's planning on living to 100 at least. Okay. I, I mean, at least, obviously more right. than that. He's going to live to be... 206 or whatever um so here's what he said oh well of course he's doing a campaign for his new movie called senior moment which we're gonna have to watch at some point yes it's coming out soon yeah like like now or april 1st or something it's very soon. something yeah. yeah um he says during this publicity campaign we're doing for senior moment i've seen clips of myself as a young man they say well what do you think of this and i'm like looking at this young good-looking guy running around slim and my god did i look like that i think it's wonderful (laughs) okay he's always saying he never watches himself on screen because he hates the way he looks Mm -hmm. he hates the acting choices he makes That's great. I love it. Uh, What I want in 10 years, I want to ride my horses. I want to love my family. I want to make these things that I'm doing. I've got a podcast started, he says. So that's exciting. I hadn't heard that he was going to do a podcast. Yes. Is that going to be his interview show? I believe it is. Yes. And it's about science. Oh. Yeah. So Bill hosting a scientific podcast I, it will be about the future about what's happening in science i want to picture myself mm-hmm. in that science so that was what science that was what science fiction was during star trek i'd like to be around when the science fiction of today becomes science fact so i think that's yeah. awesome like bill asking the kinds of amazing interview questions he comes up with for mm-hmm. scientists so yes yeah, very very good um i have to say the plot of senior moment I don't know if they wrote this movie for him. Did you do you know if they did? Um No, I, I, I don't really know. And in fact, for some reason for a while I was thinking you know, that Bill had written it, but now you know, I don't think so. Okay. Well, it, it just sounds like it's about him. <laughs> so oh, here's, here's the plot. It says this he says, This is a fun film that's good for everybody. It's about a race car driver who's gotten older, has aged, has had an accident in his Porsche, and they take away his driver's license. You've got a guy whose youth, whose utility, everything about him was involved in his driver's license, and they took it away from him. And now he's got to survive, and he survives eventually by finding love. And it's Gene Smart. It is Gene Smart, and also Christopher Lloyd is in it. Right. But the thing about Gene Smart is... For a few episodes, right before they canceled Ship, my dad says, yeah. she was his next-door neighbor, developing love interest, mm-hmm. and they had really nice chemistry. Yes. I think it will be very, very good to see them together. Yes. But it just, as, as he's saying this, I'm like, wow, Bill, that's totally you. Like, you know, your whole identity is wrapped up in riding horses and doing all these really active things. What would happen to you if you couldn't do those things anymore? So... It just seems uh, very, very close to heart for him, certainly. 
you know what else it's reminding me of? Uh-huh. Uh, terms of endearment, but from the Jack Nicholson character's oh, point of view, uh-huh. who we always in my family call the astronaut. You know, <laughs> that, but yeah, it's the astronauts movie. So I'm looking forward to it. I love all three of those actors. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Bill concludes the interview by saying, quote, I'm doing all kinds of new things. No, retire to me is putting another piece of rubber on the car. that's hilariously funny yes yes oh bill anyway so it's good to see that he's planning on living to at least a hundred so that that's Mm -hmm. good he's gonna be around he's gonna be uh doing all the crazy things and probably still acting right right up until the end i i gotta oh yeah yeah all right so we've gone through the bill birthday stuff did we have anything else relevant to birthdays that we need to cover uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, let us just say um, in the news department a couple more things. And I was so happy that you found this article about all the stuff that's coming out this year unexpectedly. Yes. Yeah. So this is in Inverse online, and mm-hmm. they are going to have stuff happening. Now, we knew that Star Trek Prodigy was going to be out on, on, mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus, so that was good. But Discovery Season 4 is happening this year and not next year, which is amazing. I'm so happy. And um, Lower Decks. And Lower Decks happening this year. So they are just plowing ahead with this stuff. And possibly Strange New Worlds. Yes. So they posted a video the other day. I put it up on our Facebook group um, because they're filming. And they had all the cast do the opening monologue, the... um, Space right. Yes, frontier. I saw that. It was so good. It was really good. And you could tell Ethan Peck has shaved eyebrows, you know, to do mm-hmm. the Spock eyebrows. And, um, so they're filming. They're filming. You, if they've shaved your eyebrows. Yep. And Anson Mount. There's was, film in the can. Yep. Yeah. He's like, this is so exciting. I'm so excited to say these words. Oh, oh and he says, um, I can't believe I'm getting to sit in this chair yes. and, you know, do oh. So, yeah, so Trek stuff happening this year, 2021. We don't have to wait till next year like we thought we were going to. So, yeah. Yes, yes. So good. Oh, and Bill is going to have to do another captain's interview. Oh, yes. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I really, really hope he does. That would be so good. Well, he'd have to do two, right? He'd have to do one with Anson Mount and then one with um, Sonequa Martin-Green if she's really the captain of... But she wasn't... She wasn't the captain of the Enterprise. No, but still, she should. He should do it anyway, because <laughs> I okay. want him to. <laughs> okay, well that's reason enough. Because <laughs> she's, she's a captain. God damn it! I mean, he talked to Kate Mulgrew. She wasn't captain of the Enterprise. She was captain of Voyager. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Okay. And I just figured out what should be on Bill's tombstone in you know 150 years when he goes. <laughs> what? Um, they if the stone should have a built-in thing where this is just running or just showing and it's going to be the picture that i don't know less than a year ago where somebody had gender swapped all the characters and the quote quote should be i'd do me yes i like that i think that's very appropriate (laughs) he'd probably agree with you i think he would agree with you yes that would be really good okay (laughs) and the last thing i just wanted to mention because we're just talking about lower decks there's a really nice article here on inverse also about uh lower decks so it's a little preview of what's going to happen so yep it's going to be happening in 2021 all the main people with the exception of the guy who is voicing the 
security officer who died, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Although, you know, not ruling out him coming back in a different part, of course. Because it's Star Trek. Because it's Star Trek. Uh, all those people. <laughs> it is going to be taking place on two different ships because mm-hmm. the main crew is on the Cerritos and then uh, Boimler went to the Titan with Riker and all those folks. So mm-hmm. that will be very interesting to see how they're managing two parallel storylines maybe yeah yeah well Riker from what I read is signed on uh Troy Mm -hmm. has not completely agreed yet so we don't know yep can't wait and the very end of this article Mike McMahon says I know what I would want to do in season three I just need to get Paramount to pull the trigger and get us working on it so please do a season three because season one was so good and I'm sure season two is going to be even better Yes, and it's cheap. Yeah. They don't have to, you know, just build sets and all that stuff yeah. and do hire special effects people. Just do it, man. It's just... Just do it. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, because we really like Lower Decks. Oh, it's so good. I love it. It's one of my favorites. It, it really is. Yep. I, was, I was amazed at how much I liked it and how quickly it became one of my favorite Trek things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I saw a thing. Again, I didn't put it on our list because our list was getting so, so long. (laughs) But the headline was, are the Lower Decks characters the biggest fans of Star Trek ever? (laughs) And I thought, yeah. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes, they are. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before, but I just love the fact that so many of the people involved in Trek, not just the writers, but the actors, are all Mm -hmm. fans you know, yes. they're not just people who got drafted into it because it's a good job and because they were mm-hmm. the right casting, but because they really, really love Star Trek and they know they know what it's about. They know what the ethos is and the history of it and where everything fits together. And I just love that. Yeah. And they know why certain things are a joke. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You know. Very good. All right. Hey, listen, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the percentage of episodes in which Captain Kirk is shirtless, because this is very important. (laughs) That was a very important article. And it's like three scrolls, I mean, three pages long, counting them that way. So yes, let's take a quick break. All right. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. We are back we for are. part two yes. of the big birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And one of the most fabulous articles <laughs> came out, and it has nothing to do with it being Bill's birthday. No, no, not at all. But it, it, the, And it's on fan-sided, and of course we will post a link, but it said Star Trek and Shirtless Kirk, <laughs> trope and truth. Star Trek and Shirtless Kirk, trope and truth, yes. We always want to know, and, and this is where... 
fans get really good with the science, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like the myth of, of Kirk the Playboy, let's, let's look at the science. Let's look at the data on this. Mm -hmm. How often did William Shatner really lose his shirt in Star Trek, the original series? So the writer of this article is a guy named Mike Poteet. And so he just started listing episodes off the top of his head. So he marked the episodes that he knew for certain contained scenes of a shirtless Jim Kirk for one reason or another. And he goes through the obvious ones like Where No Man mm-hmm. and Corbamite Maneuver, uh, Charlie X, you know, Down mm-hmm. in the Gym and Miri when he, he rips his sleeves, Shore Leave, of course. Um, a muck time, of course. Uh, <laughs> Gamesters of Triskelion, he spends most of that without a shirt, patterns of force. Yep. So uh, the first calculation was almost uh, 15%. But then he decided, well, let's let's look more because maybe there are more. So um, he consulted another online resource, X Astris Scientia, who'd previously pursued this question. And mm-hmm. they came up with even more of these yeah. like Plato's stepchildren now you don't tend to think of that as shirtless Kirk because he's wearing a toga but of course he is mm-hmm. I mean you could you see his chest and he's right showing there. as much even more mm-hmm. than uh than the Ripicist shirt yes it's, it's when he's true. um yeah in that episode yeah and then paradise syndrome <laughs> and I like their description he is Kirok and he yes. is also out of his shirt but very much in love with Miramani yep so if you add that together it ends up being 25% of the episodes, which is really good. That's a good percentage, I would say, for him to be uh-huh. shirtless. Yep. And there's a YouTube video called yes. Every Shirtless Kirk Scene that you can watch and you can see the clips of every mm-hmm. scene where he was shirtless. And I think it's great that somebody took the time to do that because oh, it's the It's so needed. You, yeah. <laughs> You, you need to know these things. Um, let's see. And then the final word in this article, shirted, shirted or shirtless, Shatner is the man. William yes, Shatner never appeared shirtless in Star Trek after Turnabout Intruder. That's true. In none of the movies, he was not shirtless. Um, yes, that's true. After And the TOS era films with their re- recurring focus on aging didn't lend themselves well to a bare-chested Kirk. Or maybe mm-hmm. he could have lost that fancy silk uniform undershirt when diving <laughs> under to save the whales. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Who knows? So is a smidge over 25% of his TOS appearances enough to justify claims that Captain Kirk always loses his shirt? It's a, yes. It's a quarter of the original 79 episodes. That's... Uh, that's it. Yeah, well, you know, if you wanted to nitpick and go, well, in this one, he's got his shirt off for two minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and add them all up. Maybe maybe it's something different. Yep. But 25%, I think that's a very high percentage. Yes. And I'm not going to, you know, run out and, you know, find some other show that ran in the same three years with a, a male lead who lost his shirt every now and then and see which one is more. But I'm sure it's it's Kirk. I think so. And as was also pointed out in this article, many of these appearances go on for minutes at a time. So it, yes, it's not just a like second. Charlie X. Yeah. Like there's whole whole scenes, whole minute scenes where he's got his shirt off. So you see, you've got your shirt off again. He's definitely doing it. Um, Most of Paradise Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah lots of of shirtless and then i was watching again the other night um whichever episode it is where he's walking down the corridor with no shirt Mm -hmm. on and i just thought that's incredible like what a directing choice to make right (laughs) 
there you are. You're walking around the ship, and there goes Captain Kirk with his shirt off again. Mm -hmm. Is that standard? Is that standard? I don't know. In the in the clip, you don't see like the crew averting their no, eyes no. or staring with their tongues hanging out. No, nope. they're just um, like okay, everyday occurrence. Captain Kirk walks around yep. with no shirt on. So yep. that's just how things roll on the Enterprise. I can't imagine that it was the same on the Enterprise when Pike was the captain. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. strike me as a shirtless kind of guy. It certainly was not the case when Picard was captain. I mm -mm. can't imagine him walking around with no shirt on, right? Yeah. Just, right, right. No, it was all Kirk. Uh, so this article says whether you personally find it appealing eye candy, awkward distraction, or anything in between, shirtless Kirk is shorthand for Kirk, man of action, boldly going where no man had gone before. Risk is his business, including risking his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it also says, I don't need stripes on my sleeve for you to know I'm the captain. Mm -hmm. That's right. He is always the captain, no matter whether he he's always, always. shirted, shirtless, wearing some other kind of clothing when he's on Organia and he's dressed like a peasant. It's so funny, isn't it, when, you know, he's supposed to be in disguise. And <laughs> he's so Starfleet captain, even when he's wearing these peasant clothes, you would never mistake him for a peasant in any circumstances. Right, right. Um, I will warn all of our listeners in case you have this same thing thing that I have. I hate Paco Bell's canon. <laughs> and that's the background music to the, the shirtless thing. Oh, okay. Video. So you might want to, you know, do it with sound off. I was able to tolerate it because of the, the visual, mm -hmm. but I really, really do hate that piece of music. <laughs> well, thank you for warning the listeners. It's, it's good for them to know, you know, to be on top mm -hmm. of these things. If they're impaired in their Paco Bell appreciation <laughs> as I am. Um, I, I want to do a very quick update on something from our last show. So we had gone through the whole Etsy lineup of insanity. And one of the yes. things we talked about was a, a big cardboard Kirk who was Mirror Kirk. And as you might remember, we got into a discussion of right. where that image came from. It's not from the episode. And I speculated that perhaps what they'd done was use an image from an action figure and I was right. So I, after quite a bit of, of Googling, I found the action figure, which is the uh, Star Trek Mirror Kirk 8-inch statue paperweight. And that is exactly where they took it from. So I I was wondering, like, is it licensed from Paramount that they took this image? Or did they just take the image and print it on oh, a piece of cardboard? I don't know. Yeah. I kind of think yeah. it's not licensed. But anyway, this thing came out in 2016. I bet we talked about it in 2016 and made exactly the same criticisms of the fact mm -hmm. that it doesn't really look like him in the episode and the boots are wrong and all right. that stuff. Anyway. And another follow-up. Mm. Have you, I haven't done it because I've had kind of a weird week, but have you had two minutes to find out how the fundraiser went yes. on the Oasis in San Francisco? I did, and I wanted to, to come back to that. So the fundraiser okay. was a huge success. And oh, their original goal had been 100000 then they upped mm -hmm. it to 200000 and in the end, they ended up raising $270,000. <gasps> Oh, which is oh, that so makes me great. so happy. It's wonderful. That, so for now, yes. the Oasis is saved. Uh, now that 
the pandemic restrictions are starting to be lifted here in California, I think they're mm -hmm. probably going to be opening on a sort of a limited basis. But they got the money that they needed to save it. And I think it's just it's great. I'm so happy. So very, very happy. And I was really happy that I was in a position to be able to contribute to that as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Commander Taggart has saved us. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully it's going to mean more Star Trek episodes because yes. that's going to be fantastic. That seems to pack them in. It really does. They're so popular. And mm -hmm. as long as they have that original crew and Lee's willing to, to put on the, uh, the tunic and slick back the hair. Well, try and stop her is the, the way I would think of it. But yeah. Oh, the best Captain Kirk. Yep. The Kirk of Kirk. The Kirk of Kirk. That's what I call Absolutely. her. Uh, so here we have another good article that I wanted to mention, which is called Nine Things You Might Not Know About Star Trek, the Original Series. And this is at uh, Red Shirts Always Die. And I think we knew some of these things. Wait, I wanted to say one other thing. Yes. At the top of the article, it's what you said, nine things you might not know about Star Trek, the original series. Uh -huh. Look at the URL. Oh, let's see. Ten things. <laughs> <laughs> might Whoops. not know. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, <laughs> some revision going on. Uh, let's see. I guess. So, These places need me so They badly. do. They really do. How hard is it to edit that URL? Mm. Um so some of these are about the origins of Star Trek. So uh, we know that they, NBC wanted Gene Roddenberry to change up the cast, including Nimoy, but uh, Roddenberry really wanted Nimoy to be in it, and he stayed, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing about the salt shakers and the man trap, I remember reading that. Yes. That they'd yes, found yes. some very futuristic ones, but they didn't look like salt shakers, so they became Dr. McCoy's medical tools. <laughs> Yeah. Nurse Peppermill. Yes. Hand me the Peppermill. <laughs> this one I didn't know. Gene Roddenberry offered DeForest Kelly the role of the doctor when the pilot was underway, but the network objected because they said Kelly didn't look like a doctor. You know, prior to that, what little I know about DeForest Kelly's career, it seems to me he was in a lot of Westerns. He was. And yeah. playing a bad guy. Yeah. But he played doctors in a couple of things. I mean, I don't know. I I'm, he, I'm glad they got him, you know. Yeah, he he looks pretty doctory to me. He certainly acts very doctory. I mean, he's, yep. like, like with our other characters, he stepped into the role of McCoy fully formed, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he was McCoy from the first time he was there, and he maintained yep. that grumpiness and and uh persona throughout the entire series and throughout all the movies and i still yell at the tv every time he comes slouching <laughs> onto the bridge what are you doing go back to work just hanging what's out what's happening up here Jim? exactly it's like he just doesn't have enough to do it's so funny well it's because he runs his department so well <laughs> he can step away for a while yeah I'm sure he just, he, yeah, he, you know, McCoy probably is one of those guys who in his heart, he doesn't believe in a 40 hour work week. So he just <laughs> says to everybody, look, here's what you need to do today. Once you're finished, just hang around sick bay in case somebody gets sick. But yeah, what did they call that on? Um... Oh, uh, buffer time. Yeah. Buffer time. I was going to say Boimler time. It, it, well, like, yes, no, it, no. I think they ended up calling it Boimler time, but yeah. Oh, did they? Okay, okay. Buffer time. I love that. Yep, that's it. So yeah, he's a he's a big believer in buffer time. Uh, now, 
the last one, number nine, mm-hmm. aka number ten, but number nine. Uh, I didn't. Is this true? Roddenberry's script for Shore Leave didn't pay as much attention as it should have to the dialogue, and that meant that the actors had to fill in what was left out, which means the episode was full of ad-libbed lines. Does that seem possible? Hmm. I question this. I question this, too, and I'm trying to think who we can, uh, you know, maybe ask about that. Um, Maybe the Okudas or something, but I'm also thinking you and I could have a blast um, sometime when we're together again to watch that and try to pick out the ad-lib lines. That's a really Also, it might be worth Scrounge Mound Online to see if you can find the script. The script. Yeah. So the other thing I'm going to do is look in, in my book of the complete voyages to see what they have to say, because I know that it was not a difficult production, but because so much of it was outdoors, it required mm-hmm. a huge amount of coordination. And then there was the tiger and all of that stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to look, I'll read in that, mm-hmm. that book to see what they have to say. But I just feel like there was not a lot of room for ad-libbing right in track because everything was on a shooting schedule and they had to mm-hmm. get stuff done. And there, there was no time to like screw around and try to come right. up with different lines or different line readings. Like they had to get the thing done, especially on location. Yeah, that one sounds questionable. Yeah, so I don't know where that came from. And listeners, if you know about this, we would love to have some inside information. So yes. We'll, we'll now, what do you think about, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, we'll come back to it uh, in a future episode to, to disclose what we found out. Yes. Uh, what do you think about number seven? I have never heard that. I have never heard that either. I have heard, I want to say rumors or people saying it, but not like this. So it says, while filming The Naked Time, George Takei thrust his sword through William Shatner's velour top and punctured his left nipple. The thing that I've heard people say has been that uh-huh. George was a little too enthusiastic with it and was like waving it around and people were a little scared. Bill cut his I've heard that. And Bill cut yeah. his hand. Oh. But not that he got poked in the chest. Like there's supposed to be a part where, you know, where he actually touches it. And it was yes. very sharp. And he really did cut his finger, not in the tank, mm-hmm. but at some point he did. Uh, and they had to you know, fix it up and, and stuff, but not that he got poked in the chest. I don't know. Yeah. Good story. That's true. I have heard the thing about it was kind of a dangerous scene the way George was playing it. Yeah. So, um. He was into hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll have to see. Okay. You never know about these things. Sometimes people come up with them and, and you don't know where they source their information from. Well, it's either nine or ten things we didn't know about Star Trek. <laughs> and it's also like a very strange game of, you know, six to, six truths and three lies. Exactly, you know, yeah. stuff they made up or exaggerated. So that's what the lists are. Yeah. Well, I really want to talk now about this wonderful, wonderful essay at Gizmodo called The Star Trek Episodes That Define Captain Kirk. Oh, yes. And may I say that uh, the picture that they've chosen, of course, it's a beautiful picture of Captain Kirk. And I love it because he's just sitting in the captain's chair. He's looking at the Mm -hmm. view screen. It's just him. Everybody else is cropped out. And he just has this expression on his face. Like, 
of course, it's the I'm the goddamn captain expression. Mm-hmm. But, but he looks sort of relaxed and a little bit of a smile at the corner of his, his mouth there. Like, just ready to, to go out and explore the universe. I love it. I love this picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know what episode it's from, but I love it. Hmm, let's see if I can come up with a guest. It says, many happy returns to a hero with much more depth than we often give him credit. That's Oh, nice. speak for yourself. I mean, we give him all the credit. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not one of his... Ha ha, it's the end of this, the show. No, not at all. That's why I like it so much, because it's not that. It's not, ha ha ha, let's laugh at Spock or something. It's just a very yes. calm, in-control Kirk. And it, you're right, I think it probably is an end-of-episode shot, but not one where they're all laughing. Yeah, over one where he's troubles. being more thoughtful. Yeah. And there are several. Yeah. Might have to watch for that. Yeah, yeah, I will. So this article, and, and, you know, we've said this so many times, and I guess everybody knows that March 22nd, in addition to being Bill Shatner's birthday, is Captain Kirk's birthday, which I just in love. In about 200 years. Yeah, yes. I love that they did that. You know, obviously, it, it, it just further solidified the idea that William Shatner is Captain Kirk and vice versa. So mm-hmm. that always mm-hmm. makes me happy. Yeah, um, it does. So, because it means Kirk is real. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. This article talks about a bunch of different episodes that really embody the per- the person of Kirk, as they say, more in depth. And I like that they go through and talk about the different aspects of his character as it relates to the episodes in question. Yes. This is, this is really. Uh, well thought out. This mm-hmm. wasn't a slapdash job. Who who wrote this? I'm looking at it. Does it have a... Yeah. James Whitbrook. Okay, James, we give you big props for this. Big props. Oh, fantastic article, yes. <laughs> so it starts off with Kirk the Captain in the Corbomite Maneuver, which I think we can all agree on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk just being in control, listening to people, out, outwitting a foe, not destroying a foe, but outwitting a foe and mm-hmm. having faith in his crew. I love the second one, Kirk the Idealist in Mirror, Mirror. Um, this line particularly I thought was just great. Watching Kirk struggle to keep his better nature hidden when transposed into a world of casual, horrifying cruelty is a remarkable act of tension that truly speaks to just how good a man Kirk is and how terrible he feels having to hide that. Yes, and yes. That's just so good, right? I mean, that's what is nearly their undoing. Him and McCoy also is that he can't mm-hmm. hide what a good person he is. Yep. You know, even though Spock says it was easier for civilized people to pretend to be barbarians than it was for the barbarians to pretend to be civilized. That's not really the case, you know? Right. They couldn't pretend enough to be as horrible as the mirror universe people were. Right, because it was like, you know, you've got to kill all the people on the planet below, and he has to come up with the reason, well, not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's things like that, and like, um, you know, when he's attacked in the hallway and stuff, you know, he punches somebody, he doesn't send them to an agony booth or kill them, which is what mm-hmm. Mirkur mm-hmm. would have done. So, right. yeah. Well, he did send Chekhov to the agony booth. That's okay. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, always make an exception <laughs> for Chekhov. Um, you yeah. know, I'm I'm really glad that they returned to that in Discovery. So when Mirror Giorgio has to go back to the Mirror Universe after being in the Prime Universe mm, for so yes. long, she can't hide it either, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's she's kind of in the same position that Kirk was, where she just can't summon it up to be that awful horrible person that mm-hmm. she used to be what a great character arc for her i love that mm-hmm. now i love the first sentence of piece of the action <laughs> this is a more polite way of saying that much to his own glee kirk is a delightful bullshitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one's called kirk the trickster so yeah trickster yes. is a better way of saying bullshitter it's great it says he's at his most joyful as the crew encounter what is basically a plant mm-hmm. <laughs> of 20s americana <laughs> yep. yep it's so this good Fizzbin and mm-hmm. you know right spacco and you know <laughs> jumping up on the pool table and walking oh, around oh yeah yeah we have kirk the smartass in trouble with tribbles we have kirk the strategist in balance of terror um kirk the debater in the changeling and uh you know that's the great episode where he just out kirks the computer that he has to talk to one and of, isn't that the first one where he does that to a computer? I believe that that's right. Yeah, so that's yeah, the, I think it is. He just he goes out and he kirks it right there and did it many mm-hmm. many times after that. Kirk the thing. <laughs> Kirk the romantic in City on the Edge of Forever. Kirk the warrior in Arena. Mm-hmm. I like this one. Kirk the bro in Amok Time. <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, it is. I mean. One of the things that's skipped over when people talk about this episode, because mm-hmm. they're so into the fight and Pon Far and everything, is that Kirk goes, well, to hell with my career. Mm-hmm. We're going to Vulcan. <laughs> yep. And that's why he's the bro. He is the bro. He, mm-hmm. It's definitely the broiest thing. The last one here also is great. We've talked about this so many times. Kirk mm-hmm. the Flawed in Errand of Mercy. Yep. So, yeah. yep, he goes there and he thinks he knows what's right and he gets... Right up to the point where he's defending a genocidal war (laughs) with the Klingons and then realizes that that's a really bad way to be and that there are other people who are more right than he is. And that's it's great that they showed that. Mm -hmm. And it's great that he realizes that in the moment. So good. Such good acting. Yes, really very good acting. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end of this is Star Trek's most infamous fist fight <laughs> yes. is still the purest celebration of Captain Kirk. And that is, of course, with the Gorn. With the and Gorn. They, they have a clip there showing that it's one of the longer fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does the double fist hi-yah. Yep, yep. Very important, very important. And yeah, it is. He is a, he is a warrior because he's, he's smart. Um, you know, he builds a cannon out of a bamboo pole and all the rest of it. <laughs> so good. And then he has the moral high ground at the end because he refuses to kill the Gorn. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is really wonderful about this? Um, it says at, mm. at the beginning, this is a fully formed character. And you and I have talked about that a lot of times. But here's all these accomplishments of him. And it's never like, oh, nobody could do that. It's not magic. You know, Mm -hmm. all the things he accomplishes are done because he's strong or he's smart or he has that commanding personality. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, 
because he's a person, because he is actually a person. Mm -hmm. Yep. So everybody, we're definitely going to put in a link. Oh, yeah. You've got to go read this. This is like one of the best Kirk description things ever. It's so good. So really good. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, did I have anything else on my list? I think that might be it. Well, on mine, mm-hmm. we're going to save this for next time. And I think I've saved it twice already. Uh. But we have there two really good and interesting analyses of Star Trek VI. Mm-hmm. And we have definitely got to read those and talk about them. Yes. Because it definitely, again, like the Kirk article, worth the the reading it for all the thought the writers put mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. it. Um, we have the forgotten lesson from Trek and, oh, coming up at some point, the History Channel. Oh, yes. I wanted to mention this before we finished. Yes. Okay. They are creating a documentary called 50 Years of Trek. Yay. And, but no, it's called, oh, it's called The Center Seat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's coming up at some point. We don't have any dates on it yet. Uh, it says uh, it's going to be eight parts, and it's coinciding with the franchise's upcoming anniversary, 55 years. The thing that got me... So that'll be in September? Uh, I think so, yeah. The yeah, thing that got okay. me very excited about it was it's by the same company um, that did the Toys That Made Us. Yes! Which was yes, so good. Yes, and we good. loved that. Oh, that was, it was great. was wonderful, and that's part of what they're going to focus on. Um, so I'm just going to read this. The guy who's... Producing it says, the series will cover comprehensive interviews with cast and crew promising to leave no stone unturned. Throughout the franchise's 55-year existence, um, it spawned eight live-action series, 13 films, three animated series, shorts, two theme park attractions, two exhibits, and over 100 games, tabletop, video games, card, role-playing, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would that was such a good show about the toys, and... I, I was super impressed. I think we both were about the level of detail that they went into talking about all the the Mego figures and um, yes. how how funny and how passionate all the people were that they interviewed. Like they were just really really good engaging interviews. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a lot of stuff we hadn't heard before. That was also nice. You know, we've seen yeah. so many Star Trek documentaries at this point. It's it's like, please give me some new information that we haven't already heard. And I think right. this will. Yeah. Well, when we look at the toys we're looking at it from the perspective of is this a kirk not kirk right (laughs) you know and they looked at all different aspects of the toys and the people who made them or who had input into them or collected them Mm -hmm. so that was that was 60 minutes of good tv yeah it was good i can't wait for this to happen Mm -hmm. Um, for for and one final thing uh for bill's birthday we ended up posting a lot of stuff to the facebook group so uh go back there and check out some of those links including a really good new kirk not kirk which was uh and it got a a lot of discussion weirdly yeah Um, (laughs) so i forget where i found this it might have been just on facebook or something but there's some place in New Zealand, of all places, that is producing mm-hmm. these silver miniatures. Yep. They cost $550. Uh, I don't know if that's in American dollars or New Zealand dollars. It's not that much different. Mm-hmm. And it, you get this little 10 centimeter statue of Kirk, and it doesn't look anything like him. It's incredible yep. how not like him it looks. <laughs> I was really happy 
because um, one of our, our followers, Wendy, says, it looks like Emilio Estevez from The Breakfast Club, and it totally <laughs> yes. does. Yes, it does. <laughs> so that's always yep. my favorite part of Kirk, not Kirk, is, okay, it doesn't look like Shatner. Who does it look like? And yes, Wendy, <laughs> you absolutely nailed it. It looks like yep. Emilio Estevez. <laughs> well, and it's always... The other thing about Kirk, not Kirk's, and especially this one, you know, you're scrolling through and all of a sudden, whoa, uh-huh. what the hell is that? You know, it's a silver Kirk, not Kirk. Exactly. So. For $550. So, sure. Nice detail. Oh, someone also posted a picture of his butt, um, which I thought was pretty good. So, yeah, there's some nice detail on his butt, but yeah. <laughs> The face doesn't look anything no, like him. No. It's totally Emilio Estevez. So, yeah, $500, you can get one of those. So funny. Now, not counting when people build the bridge of the Enterprise in their basement or whatever, because <laughs> they're making that, okay? Uh-huh. It would be interesting to know what is the most anyone has paid for a single piece of Trek stuff. It doesn't have to be something that was originally mm-hmm. used in the show, hmm. but they have to have bought the whole thing completed. It can't be something they made. Yeah. Huh. I got to think it would be like those guys who bought the Galileo 7, maybe? I seem to remember that being pretty expensive, oh, even though yeah. it was in such shitty shape when they got it. I think that was... That, yeah, yeah. that probably... But I think that some of the props, the original props, like the phasers and the communicators, Mm -hmm. have gone for quite a bit of money. And some of the original uniforms, the ones that were actual screen-used uniforms, have been Mm -hmm. very high-priced as well. Um, Would you you count William Shatner's kidney stone in that group of things? I was just thinking that, and I would say, no, that is not track. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So uh, I think... We are pretty much at our limit here, listeners. Yep. Um, we are going to be doing, well, by the time you hear this, it'll be done. But we're doing a little watch party tonight because it's Shatmoy. But I'll yes. put the link into this. Uh, we've talked about this before because we watched it quite a while ago. But it's an episode of um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents called Mother May I Go Out to Swim. And mm-hmm. we chose it because it's it's short. It's young Bill looking very, very beautiful. And also because it's pretty funny because the character he plays is sort of this um, fussy mama's boy type. And then there's murder and, and the, the femme fatale is, is pretty over the top as well. So, And uh, isn't Natalie Schaefer his mother? Oh, that's right. Yes, I forgot about Miss, that. Mrs. Howell. Mrs. From, Howell. Uh, yes, that's right. From Gilligan's Island. Yep. So that should be pretty amusing. And uh, yeah, it's on, we're watching it via Daily Motion, and that's free. So I'll put a link in and you can go watch it whenever you want if you haven't seen it, because it's definitely worth, you know, 28 minutes of your time to see this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Shatmoy yes, to all. To everyone. Yes. Yes. And uh, we will be celebrating Bill Shatner's birthday with Bill Shatner again next year because he is going to live at least another 10 mm-hmm. years. So That's you know. right. I think you and I need to uh, make our AIs so that they will continue <laughs> to celebrate William Shatner's birthday. I agree with you 100%. 
Definitely. Great. Well, yes. Happy Shatmoy, everybody. Hope it's all good for you and getting vaccinated and staying safe and doing all those things. And we will return in a couple of weeks with another new show. So until then, live long and And prosper. (laughs) (laughs) No, potlucking is better. I like that better. Okay. Okay. Potluck. Potluck. Okay. 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 Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you.